This week's episode of Up for Discussion is brought to you in part by 6-7 Radius. 6-7 Radius is a consulting firm that helps companies grow by building one-of-a-kind marketing strategies and sales techniques. With over a decade of experience in the B2C and B2B world, the company is now bringing you a one-of-a-kind sales course. The Sales Law of Averages will teach you step-by-step all the soft and hard negotiation skills you need to master your sales game with over five hours of training material, over 40 videos, and real-life examples from different sales industries. Pre-order your course today for only $117. Turn your leads into sales and create a 100% referral conversion rate. Pre-order your course today and master your sales strategy for less than $10 a month. Are you intrigued? Great! Go hit the affiliate link in the description of this episode and pre-order your course today. It's only $117, which is a massive markdown from the usual price, and ends up being less than $10 a month to totally master your sales strategy. It's worth it. Check it out. 6-7 Radius. This episode of the Upper Discussion Podcast is brought to you in part by Whiskey Lane. Launched in Kelowna, BC, and now expanding to Montreal, Whiskey Lane is on a mission to share their obsession with quality food and drinks with growing audiences by keeping the best local flavors on their minds and on their tongues. No matter what your business needs to grow, Whiskey Lane knows how to make it happen. Whiskey Lane, bringing long lines to the producers of specialty food and drinks. Go to whiskeylane.ca to find out more. And that's whiskey, the Canadian way, without an E. Hi, I'm Tom Zalatnai, and you're listening to episode 310 of Up for Discussion, a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Every week, we tackle a different ingredient, dish, or style of cuisine, sharing our favorite recipes and learning from our wonderful guests. Today, we're talking to my buddy Nicholas Cole about comfort food, challenging ourselves in the kitchen, and the joys of sharing a meal with family and friends. You know, all those things that we're really looking forward to being able to do again when the pandemic is finally over. Before we dig in, I want to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where I'm recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, I think it's important to remember that the lands they occupy are not our own, and to engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. So I want to encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on, and with the indigenous communities of that area. What's up, Toby? Yeah. Okay, Toby, you're going to sit with me while I record, okay? Yeah, I know, you're grumpy today, huh? Today's show is a little bit different. Rather than tackling a specific dish or ingredient, I called up my buddy Nicholas Cole for a great chat about growing up in a house that valued food and turning that into a lifelong passion for cooking. And we shared some stories about the foods we miss cooking for other people, since, you know, we're in a pandemic and we can't have dinner parties anymore. Nick and I go way back. We went to high school together, and somehow I don't think either of us knew how much food mattered to the other back then. It's amazing how you can be friends with someone for over a decade before you realize that you share a mutual passion for something, just because it never really comes up. I mean, you know how high school friendships are. Nick and I lost touch after high school, like most people do, and he moved away to Edmonton, Alberta a few years later. But we reconnected this past summer when, coincidentally, we both launched food-based podcasts around the same time. 
It's been a lot of fun sharing stories and recipes and drooling over each other's content. And it's been really lovely catching up with one of my absolute favorite people ever, who, even though we didn't see each other for most of our 20s, has always held a really warm and special place in my heart. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Nicholas Cole at least half as much as I did. And I'd encourage you to reach out to someone you missed this week, because you never know. Maybe they miss you too. And maybe you guys will be guests on each other's podcasts or something. Anyway, that's enough for me. Let's get into it. Wow, it's awesome. Wow, it's awesome, yeah. All right, my guest on this week's episode of Up for Discussion is a longtime friend of mine. We haven't seen each other in over six years at this point, but we went to high school together. He is one of the people I love the most in the entire world. He is a cook and a wonderful, wonderful guy, currently in Alberta, but we knew each other in high school. And uh, you can follow him on Instagram at Cole's Comfort. I am very, very, very happy to be talking to Nicholas Cole tonight. Hello, hello, hello. How you doing, Nick? I'm good. And you? How are you? Oh my God! Nice to see you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's funny. We're we're not even doing video, but it's like this is it. It is nice to see you. You know, even if I'm just looking at your profile picture. Right. <laughs> How are things? Things are good. Things are. Uh, you know, I I'm in. I've had that kind of weird experience where like my like personal growth and professional growth have all been like actually pretty good during the pandemic so like Mm -hmm. pandemic aside things are pretty good that's good that's good (laughs) so nick obviously uh you are now doing a lot of cooking stuff on the internet i've been just loving it i've been loving all of your cooking videos on your instagram stories and all of your photos you started doing that kind of around the time that i started doing this and so as soon as i started doing this and saw your your instagram i was like okay gonna have to get nick on here eventually because i love you and I love that you're doing food stuff now. Before we talk too much about the food stuff you're doing now, I always like to kind of get a bit of context for my guests kind of historically. So like, who are you? Where are you from? How did you grow up? What kind of food did you eat? How did food matter to you as a kid? Kind of give us a little like brief history of Nicholas Cole re-food. Oh my, oh my God. Nicholas Cole. Well, I'm 29 years strong. Just turned 29, the beginning of the month. I'm born and raised in Montreal, Quebec. I'm originally a Quebecois. I do speak French and English while living in Alberta, or Edmonton, Alberta to be exact. Food is something that's always been a big part of my life. I've always used to sit and watch my mom in the kitchen all the time. The Food Network was one of the TV shows I used to watch religiously. Every TV show on the Food Network from like Chops just to like any type of competition, the baking competition, anything like Cutthroat Kitchen, anything like that would normally be something that would draw my attention. And I used to just love how people would take like the random recipes and just make something amazing out of it. And that's kind of where I've kind of always cooked. I'm not saying I have any professional background in cooking. I've never went to school for cooking, but cooking is something that I've always picked up. Uh, my dad used to be a chef. My mom has cooks very well, so seeing her, seeing him, I've always picked on different techniques and things that they would do and how to make certain flavors and recipes together. Traditionally, I do a lot of Caribbean, more Southern type food, a lot of Caribbean food on my list, uh, things like oxtail, curries, jerk chicken, fried chicken, anything like that. And then I can go to different types of food. I really, really do love Asian food. Big thing for me is Asian food. I love soups. I'm a big fan of soups, something that I can eat all the time, a soup of any kind, especially Asian types of soups like pho or wonton or anything like that. I love knowing that you grew up in a household where food was important because I feel like, you know, everybody has some kind of food memories associated with their childhood, but it's really, really nice to hear when someone like 
watch their parents cook and like feels that strong connection because I think I kind of had a similar thing where like I don't have any professional cooking experience the closest I get is my pizza place job that I have now where we don't actually cook the food we just prep it and people cook it at their own houses and so like I'm kind of with you there where I'm like I you know I watched my mom cook when I was growing up and I learned a bunch of stuff and I love it and I you know also spend countless hours watching the Food Network honestly you know what my day was today I worked in the morning a little bit on editing and then Toby and I watched guys grocery games all afternoon oh my god that's one of my shows it's so good and then after this recording uh, we're gonna go snuggle and watch supermarket stakeout and also more guys grocery games so that's that's what, you know, <laughs> that's what my life is. So it's kind of fun to kind of get to, you know, see that we we kind of have that going for us here. One of my favorite shows right now, actually, is Beat Bobby Flay. So good. I having it on repeat, but there's just something about Bobby Flay. I don't know how is it that it's so hard to beat him. He can take anything. You can throw anything at him, and he always finds a way to, like, beat you or do it better than anybody else, which really, really, really love that. I love that about him. I spoke to someone a while ago, Simon Majumder, and he said that the cool thing about watching guys like Bobby Flay cook is that you see that they have a really good understanding of the process of all of the food, right? It's it's all of the, like, it's not just that they know what tastes good. It's that they really understand how different types of ingredients work and how different types of things kind of play together. And so even if you throw ingredients at them that they've never used before or a dish at them that they've never made before, they can kind of get a sense of like what it is generally and then work from there to build something that's a good approximation of it. And that's something that I uh, I want to get good at. I don't think that I'm there yet, but I want to think that I'm like <laughs> on that path, you know? For me, it, it just take, it took time. It took a lot of time. It took a lot of observation and trial and error. Trial and error was a big thing for me. I will never forget the first time my mom actually ever ate something that I cooked and she actually said she liked it. It took years before I got there. Years, years and years before I got to that point. And it was funny because I caught her. I caught her eating, finishing something that I, like, or she was eating out of something that I had made. And I was just like, oh, you're eating my food. Okay, I like it. And then from there, I was like, okay, I kind of built the confidence from there. The confidence came in. I'm like, okay, I can somewhat cook for people. I can cook for people. I can feed people. People like my food. Then I moved out here, moved to Edmonton from Montreal. Nobody's here. Like, no family. I had my friends here, yes, but no family, nothing like that. And it was kind of just like, well, you're going to have to learn to cook. Like, you have no choice. Now you're going to have to pick up something. You're going to have to pick it up. So I would always be calling my mom. I'd be like, mommy, how do you make this? Mommy, how do you make that? The usual going on the Food Network, watching people there, looking up online. I used to start, I started buying um cookbooks and things like that. Started reading through cookbooks and um taking recipes, tweaking it on my own and kind of putting my own twist on things do you have a uh, do you have a favorite a go-to dish these days these days with the pandemic and being stuck at home majority of the time I, the, the type of i've been like i feel like i've been repeating the same type of things lately i'm doing like i'm doing a lot of stews or things that are like fried or big i'm really trying to change that i'm trying to incorporate more vegetables into my life i'm really bad for doing vegetables i'm really bad at eating vegetables and i want to learn how to make make more vegetables tasty and more delightful to myself because i'm getting old and my body needs vegetables and i can't handle um non-vegetable life (laughs) i feel that i uh i think i'm in a similar boat where like 
I feel like I've got a pretty good handle on meat and grease. Yeah, meat and grease is so easy. Vegetables. I'm not horrible at it, but I could be better. Yeah, I've been, um, a thing that I've been realizing the past while is um, almost every vegetable, if you roast it, it's pretty good. Yeah. And uh, that's like a pretty like foolproof, kind of like fail-safe kind of thing you can do with vegetables if you want to incorporate more of them to what you're eating is just like pick a couple, chop them up, roast them, roast them on separate pans so that you're not, you know, because they're not going to roast the same way if you've got two different kind of vegetables on the pan. That's a pretty like easy technique way to like introduce more vegetables to your you know whole situation without necessarily having to like really figure them out um but a thing we did yesterday actually that ended up really delicious um i bought teffer a food processor for christmas this year because uh <laughs> for like months teffer was like i really want a food processor it'd be really great to have a food processor food processors are amazing and they change lives yeah that's it we um we've we finally used it yesterday because you know sometimes you get a new appliance and it like sits there taunting you for a little while so i had bought pork tenderloin to make for dinner and i knew i wanted to do like roasted potatoes with olive oil and rosemary but i didn't know what i wanted as like the sort of third element as the like vegetable but mushrooms were on sale and fennel was on sale i was like all right mushroom and fennel those both are nice with pork they're probably nice together yeah so what i did was uh i chopped up the mushrooms and the fennel roasted them in the oven for a little while with um, olive oil and grainy mustard, put it through the food processor with a little more oil and some balsamic vinegar. It was awesome. It was it was kind of like a thick sauce kind of thing that we served with the pork and the potatoes, and it was delicious. I ate it today cold, and it was not nearly as good as it was yesterday, but still pretty good. <laughs> uh, the last time I made pork tenderloin, I did the honey, it's kind of like a honey garlic Oh, barbecue pork tenderloin. Ooh. It changed my life. It actually honestly did change my life because I think it was one of the first times I was experimenting with honey, um, not with honey garlic, but with pork tenderloin. Sure. And I don't even know how I figured it out, but I was able because I was able to figure out a way to like cook it so that the skin and the fat in the pork belly was so edible, like it tasted like you were eating a regular meat, and then right. the meat itself was just like bacon. Beautiful. And I just changed my life, and I it was. <laughs> having today i'm here trying to figure out what to make myself and i'm having like i have nothing i don't even know what to make i've been craving seafood okay i've been really trying to have a variety of things that i post and cook so you can kind of notice it i haven't really done most posting because i feel like what i've been cooking lately like i said before has been the same so i'm really trying now to just um broaden my horizon sure and put it out there and so what i'm actually looking i would love to start getting feedback from people or suggestions when people um ask for things that i can try making or different challenges that's another thing i'm trying to work on now with my new instagram page cold comfort i'm looking to just get followers and tell me what they're thinking what are they feeling ideas that i can do and the hopes of all this is that eventually in the near future we're looking for the near future that cold comfort becomes uh, a catering business where, um, what I'm hoping for like something small that I do as sure. a, like a side hustle or something as a, like a hobby where that I love that I would basically as of right now with COVID and everything I'm not necessarily I know a food delivery service would be great and that would be like something that I could do and but what I'm for me when I cook for people, I that's not necessarily cooking just to feed people. I cook to give people kind of an experience. Sure. So what I would like to do is COVID friendly, obviously, figure it out and all of that. I would love to like host dinners or 
let's say you hired me and I would I can like make a meal. Let's say let's say within a week I had like two or three clients that I would say I was doing set dinners and I would like a week before talk to these clients and we'd think of a menu and a budget and everything and then basically I'd come to you and with all my supplies and everything and cook for you. That's something I would love to do. Or like a like a kind of like a private chef, like a personal chef. I would love to do that. Yeah. That's something that I do on the side. Totally. No, I get that. I've honestly thought about uh I've thought about doing the same because like I really miss cooking for people, you know? That's that's one of the mm-hmm. worst things about I mean, okay, no, it's not one of the worst things about the pandemic, the you know, there's people dying. But you know, one of the one of the things I miss most personally is uh having people over, being able to cook for them and just share that. We're a family of four and like the kids will eat uh, some of what we cook but a lot of the time if I'm making like anything kind of big it like mostly is just gonna be me and Teffer eat it and the kids are gonna eat like a little bit here and there and I miss like being able to to tell people like come over I'm gonna make you know multiple things it's gonna be a good time bring you know wine or dessert or whatever and uh, I was thinking about like oh you know I could maybe just like <laughs> open it up that people can dm me and ask me to make them a lasagna and carry it over to their house or something you know i know one of the things is gonna you're gonna laugh one of the things that i miss the most and that i hate about this quarantine is that one thing i picked up in montreal is that i'm kind of a drinker sure Take, like, i miss drinking sociably mm-hmm. and one of the things about drinking sociably i missed especially in montreal it was like late night eats. i just <laughs> miss being able to like let's say i had a couple bit too much drinks one night and there's just a spot that's open late that's known for like their bomb ass food i'm just been missing that so sure. much or the late nights where you let's say you, you had like you had you were peckish and you had you had the munchies and you just really really wanted something fat and delicious i would you know invite someone over invite friends over and just like make like a midnight like meal and then be like i miss those things about pre-pandemic it really changes the way that you eat when you're not eating socially and it's uh it's a bummer i i want to right now my my internet connection is not really good enough to do streamed things i found out a little while ago but i also have this dream of like doing like dinner parties over zoom where i get everybody to cook the same recipe and we like call each other and eat at the same time and talk about how it went oh my god that'd be (laughs) awesome i really want to try a mukbang i've been dying to try one (laughs) I just don't know what exactly I would do. What would I eat a large amount of in front of people? Because I, fi- I find a lot of people always tell me when I make the videos, they're like, you want to see you eat, you want to see... I don't know what these people... I don't know what people have an obsession with <laughs> watching people eat, but, you know, sure. I don't mind eating something delicious. Right. One thing with Edmonton, what I really like, too, is that we get a lot of... Um, we have, we have some really, really good restaurants out here, and a lot of chains that I don't you don't usually see in... um. Montreal, like for instance, one thing in Montreal, I always remember you would have to go to like Toronto to get like certain food and things like that. Sure, yeah. For instance, there's this one place that they don't have in Montreal, but they have it in Toronto and other places. It's called Jollibee. Yeah, the it's the Filipino uh, chain, right? It's like the Filipino McDonald's. Yeah, incredible, incredible. <laughs> if anybody has never had the chance to go there. I suggest you guys try Jollibee. By far, they beat Popeye's chicken. I don't know what they do to the chicken, but they've mastered frying chicken. And they make really good spaghetti. I know it sounds weird, but they use spaghetti as a side. And it's really good the way they make their spaghetti with like the sausage pieces inside of it and the peach mango pie or the pineapple juice to die for. This all sounds incredible, for. yeah. 
And the, 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 there was just so many things, like restaurants that in Montreal you wouldn't get them compared to like everywhere else in Canada. And I never understood that. I like, for instance, Popeyes. When Popeyes popped up in Edmonton before other places like Montreal, I was just like, "What?" I'm like, "Do you even guys have Popeyes in Montreal?" Still? I I don't think we have one in Montreal yet. I I went to one in Ottawa last year, and it was great. And that's incredible. Like here in Edmonton, we have Popeyes and Church's Chicken. Right. <laughs> and it's like what? The only other place I know that has that is like Toronto. I think it has to do with um. So obviously, like Montreal being in Quebec, Quebec being as weird as it is about language laws, I think that mm. for a lot of chain restaurants, they don't bother opening franchises in Quebec because there's too much extra hassle because they have to redo all of their paperwork because they have to have everything available in French to sell things here legally. I hate it. <laughs> it is nothing. I think that's one of the reasons, too, that when I left, I kind of just stayed. I was like, English everywhere. Not that I... <laughs> Not that I say that I don't speak French. I still love that I can speak French. And it's like kind of an advantage for me. Out here. For sure. But it's just it's so awesome sometimes. I'm just like, ooh, something that you can't get much of. I can get it here. If you're enjoying this episode so far, make sure to hit the subscribe button so that you'll get new episodes delivered straight to your podcast feed every Monday morning. If you haven't left a rating and review for the show yet on Apple Podcasts, please do. For the whole month of February, I'm donating $2 to Raven Trust for every new rating and review we get, and they can use that money to make a huge difference for Indigenous communities all throughout Canada. Also, a quick reminder about our upcoming Munch Madness series. If you hit the link in the description of this episode, you can fill out a survey to nominate up to five of your favorite foods to be considered for the tournament. You can nominate the same food five times if you want, which, you know, greatly increases the chance that it'll end up as one of the finalists, or you can really play the field and nominate as many as you want. Up to five, though, obviously. Can't go overboard. Last year we went overboard, and I spent like ten hours figuring out who the competitors were going to be. This year, I'm tired, so we're not doing that. Click the link. You can you can do it. Lastly, a big thank you to everyone who donated to the Rad Child Podcast Kickstarter. We hit our goal this week, and with over a month left, we've revealed our first stretch goal. If we hit $3,500, we'll be able to fund our second annual book drive, where we put great kids' books into the hands of people who need them, and we'll be able to cover a year's worth of transcription services, which would make the show's content accessible to folks who are deaf, hard of hearing, or have other access needs. Plus, if we hit that goal, everybody who's donated will get a free coloring book full of great illustrations of diverse kids and adults covering topics from episodes of the show. So if any of that sounds rad to you, go hit that Kickstarter link in the description of this episode and make it happen. But honestly, thank you so much for helping us reach our main goal. That is huge, and to have done it halfway through the campaign means the world to us. All right, that's enough for the mid-roll. Let's get back to my conversation with Nicholas Cole. People might think I'm crazy for this, but Alberta has some of the best beef I've ever had in my life. You know what? I believe it. Because, I, I mean, that, that's it's just, there are more farms, you know? It's incredible. People don't, like, when I tell my friends about this, they don't understand me. And I'm like, people don't understand. Like, in Quebec, I don't know what they're doing, but the beef <laughs> that I've had, like, I've had real beef coming to Alberta. Like, right. And it's so affordable. It's so cheap. Like, you can get beef cheaper than chicken sometimes here, right. but it's so good. Oh, it's incredible. Like, I've had some of the best steaks in oh, Alberta. I'm jealous. I um, I accidentally, a while ago, bought $60 worth of steaks at the butcher. This was um, <laughs> this was at some point during the summer. I, I went to, we have a nice butcher up the street from us, and uh, I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to, like, treat us to nice steaks for dinner tonight. We deserve that. It's been a hard week. And, you know, I went to the store, and I stood there, and this particular butcher doesn't have... Um, 
the prices indicated like behind the glass so like you have to ask them what everything costs in order to like yeah (laughs) which is smart because like you know they know that people in our neighborhood are proud or whatever and aren't going to balk at the i don't know it honestly might just be that the prices change based on value or whatever i saw the steaks i wanted i was like okay cool i'm gonna order those (laughs) and uh, they were ribeyes and i was like i need a couple of ribeyes Uh, and i pointed at what i wanted and he accidentally grabbed the wrong thing and started weighing it and I was like oh no sorry I met the one next to it he's like oh okay no problem and starts putting that back and grabs the thing that I had actually pointed at and then when he started weighing it I realized they were $20 a piece (laughs) and I had asked for three and uh but at that point, I felt too embarrassed because he had already messed something else up and I already had to tell him that it wasn't the right thing. And we'd already had that extra step in the interaction. And I got paralyzed with anxiety. And I was like, I can't, I can't make his job complicated a second time. I have to buy $60 worth of steaks today. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and uh, I grilled them and they were perfection. They were, I cooked them perfectly and, and I had a, a neighbor of mine walked by who was also my like next door neighbor as a child and I could always smell his barbecue like two doors down and so mm-hmm. I was so intimidated because he walked by and I'm out there grilling my $20 steaks and he's like Jeez, don't ruin man. those steaks Tom and I'm like damn it Bob don't tell me not to ruin the steaks now I'm gonna ruin the steaks and I didn't ruin the steaks and they were very good no there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing worse than messing up a good steak no especially a but yeah it was like beautifully marbled and like buttery and uh god no steak and rosemary and butter are like a match made in heaven yeah that's all you need that's all you need that's all you need steak and potatoes <laughs> and like broccoli actually no asparagus oh yeah yeah grilled asparagus. do you do much grilling in the summertime i have like a little barbecue here that they use every now and then sure in the summertime we tend to do a lot more yeah um this past summer actually we got some really 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 good lamb steaks Oof. from the butcher and we grilled them it was delicious my friend uh, helped me season them and we grilled those and that was really good but normally yeah in the summertime i'll do a lot of steaks i try to treat myself to like a steak once a week sure that's what you need you know Oh, yeah. But, like, grilling barbecues in the summertime here is, like, a big thing. Everybody barbecues. Everybody barbecues. Even in the parks, you see it a lot. I love it. Very, yeah, it's a big thing. Especially, um, Edmonton has some really, really, really nice parks. And, and our River Valley is really, really nice. And we have designated barbecue areas a lot in a lot of the parks. So people tend to go out and do that in the summertime. Oh, I and love that. Take part. I look forward to one day being able to have people over again. This summer was weird. It was uh I got my first real grill. Like I used to have a tiny little I still do, I have a tiny little like camping grill. I told myself that with my like last paycheck from my old job when I lost it because of COVID, I was like, I'm going to buy myself a grill this summer. And I bought myself like a really nice Weber charcoal grill i love it it's so much fun and i i used it so much this summer but of course this was also the summer when like we couldn't really like have people over but there was a period the summer where montreal like was in just the right zone where like you could have people over for a backyard barbecue specifically as long as you still like maintained a distance so i was like okay cool every like two weeks we had one person over and they hung out with us in our alley and i grilled burgers and it was a good time i haven't had a good burger in a long time uh if you're next time you're in montreal 
<laughs> I mean, you know, post-pandemic or whatever, come over. I'll make you a backyard burger. And you know what's crazy? I was supposed to actually come to Montreal this month. I had planned to come to Montreal towards the end of this month. And then now you guys are in, like, curfew. You guys can't be seen outside after eight. And it's just like... How tragic is this? I haven't seen my mom in almost a year now because I it's like every time I want to go to Montreal, it's like there's no point because you guys are in lockdown, yeah. and, or it's like forbidden, or you're ashamed if you travel anywhere. And I'm <laughs> kind of at a point where I'm thinking I'm just gonna have to just do what I gotta do and just get over there because I can't go this long without seeing my parents or my mom. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. <laughs> I'm like, can I just get my injection already? I'm ready to travel. That's it. That's like my thing. Like my thing is right now, I really just want to travel for who I really need. <laughs> and truly, I've traveled for other things before, like partying and things like that. Now that I'm like turning 30 in the year from now, I just want to travel for food and I want to eat until I can't breathe anymore. <laughs> that is all I want. I want to go to Asia. I want to go to like Thailand and all over China and other places and I just want to eat 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 until I can't breathe and to continue eating and just to feel good about myself for eating everything I mean you could make the case that you know if your goal is to eat until you can't breathe anymore maybe traveling to eat during a pandemic is actually not a bad idea because right I've heard that that's maybe one of the side effects oh my god oh boy that got dark <laughs> Nick, we're, we are running out of time, uh, but before we wrap up, do you have any final thoughts on food, just in general, on the food that you currently love, on the food that you're hoping to make more of this year, in this beautiful year of 2021, when there's no longer a horrible human being in the White House? Eh, there's probably still some horrible human beings in the White House. Thank God he is out. <laughs> he is gone. He is no longer here. America can restore itself. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I can finally think about going to America now in a way, a little bit. But I know. Nick's not still because there's still very high numbers over there for the COVID, and I ain't got time for that. I feel you. And no one else wants to be quarantined for 14 days and paying COVID tests to go in and out of the country right now because people ain't got money for that. Yeah. So till, till then, I just tell everybody, if there's nothing else you can do, just eat. Learn <laughs> Learn a recipe, grab a book, do something, do whatever makes you happy, and just live your life. Don't let this pandemic get to you. It kind of got to me, but, you know, I'm trying to push and just keep going. Still working, thankfully, so I can't complain. A lot of people aren't working right now. But if you aren't, find something to do with your time, people. Things will change. If you get the chance, get vaccinated, and just keep it up. Just keep living and doing our things that we we're good. we're gonna get through this. We'll be fine. And on that note, everybody, you know, follow my page, Cole's Comfort. Look forward to seeing some new recipes, more variety of things. I'm gonna be working on things like seafood breakfast. I'm gonna try to start doing some challenges as well. Mm. Um, there's this one girl I follow on YouTube where she does challenges like twenty five dollar budgets and stuff like that. So be looking out for those posts to come. Um, I need to work. I need to get back on my YouTube game. I was doing it over the summer as well. Kind of fell off. I'm looking to work on that and get back into the YouTube game as well with my Instagram and hopefully get my little business going. Yeah, and if you're in uh, if you're in the Edmonton area, definitely follow Nick on Instagram and uh, keep an eye out for when catering happens because I will be jealous of you because I want to 
panic to cook for me. <laughs> well, as soon as things open back up and it's okay to fly to Montreal too, that's another plan that I have out there. I plan to come to Montreal and do like a little pop up. Yeah, like that, that's in the works, and <laughs> God willing, that will happen. Yeah, that's it. Everything is like right now is a time to be planting seeds and uh, waiting for you know growth. You were saying you want to challenge yourself a little bit more, and you want people to like request things right on your page mm-hmm. okay yeah. well here's something everyone who's listening to this right now if you're on instagram open up your instagram go follow at cole's comfort c-o-l-e-s comfort and uh <laughs> go on nick's most recent post and comment something you want to see him cook i'll even make a post of what do you guys want to see me cook next and i want people to just throw everything at me keep in mind i'm in alberta so it's kind of limited unless it's like beef <laughs> <laughs> Seafood is like really hard out here because a lot of people here don't even like seafood. But yeah, so throw it out there. Any type of recipes or even ideas if people have ideas or things that they want to tell me or tell me that I should do or techniques. I'm all ears. Sweet. Follow me at Pulse Comfort. <laughs> my uh, my challenge for you. You were saying earlier you like uh, you do a lot of Caribbean food and also like Southern food. Ooh yes, I lo- a lot of fried stuff or I love stews and things like that. And oh. You, you were also saying you want to do more breakfast stuff. Have you done uh, biscuits and gravy at all? Biscuits? No. I'm a okay. horrible baker, but I'm sure I can try. You know what? I'm I am really also... Gravy. I can make a really good gravy. I'm also a horrible baker, and I uh, I did an episode on biscuits and gravy for this show a few uh, couple months ago, and uh, I made biscuits and gravy as part of the episode so that I could like test out a recipe and see how it went, and I managed not to screw it up, so I bet you could probably do it. I'll. Uh, that's my challenge for you is uh, go make some biscuits and gravy and tell me how it goes biscuits and gravy it's good stuff it's good stuff is there like no meat to that it's just biscuit and gravy for the biscuit so the gravy is um i'll send you the episode as well because it's uh it's a fun episode but basically the gravy is made with breakfast sausage oh yeah so you like you get the breakfast sausage and you you know cook it down and then you build the gravy on top of that with like cream and butter and stuff yeah and then you want it to be like a thick gravy and then biscuits and the biscuits are like super simple you barely are they're not like there's like a technique to it but ingredient wise i think it, it was like flour butter salt maybe like it was it was pretty pretty uh minimalistic so okay yeah it's a little breakfast challenge for you okay so i'm gonna try this I will, <laughs> i'm gonna look at some recipes look into that and uh, yes i would take the challenge sweet that's my that's the thing i love doing on the show is giving challenges to my guests and seeing if they'll you know feel free to send me a challenge too if you want i uh i'm into that i challenge you know what i challenge you to do something ethnic an ethnic dish this you, week you want to be more specific than that Give, since i like asian food i want something asian this week for me okay i'll do something asian this week i'll uh i'll figure you want to give me a protein too a protein yeah mm, mm, mm. i will give you let's do I really like seafood. I like, let's do some shrimps, shrimps or clams, one of the two. Okay, all right. Some kind of some kind of Asian shrimp or clam. I will do it this week, and I will uh, I'll let you know how it goes. If people want to see the results of either of these challenges, we'll definitely have taken photos and posted them on our respective Instagrams. I'm sure. Woo! <laughs> cool. Well, Nick, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. You're very very welcome. It was a pleasure. Anytime you want to hop back on and talk food again, I would be happy to have you. Yes, I will definitely be back. People, take care. Bye. Bye.
Thanks so much for listening to Up for Discussion. Remember that you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Down With Talking if you want to talk to us about anything that we said on the show that you thought was cool or that you disagree with or anything that you think that we missed. I would love to hear about it. So please hit us up on the socials at Down With Talking. If you like this episode and want to help me make the show even better, you can head to patreon.com slash up for discussion to donate. For as little as a dollar a month, you'd be joining the ranks of fine folks like Patrick, Gabriel, Kendallin, Carlea, Thomas, George Poppy, Killian, Sarah Angelica, Anne, Andrew, Laura, Erica, Chantal, and David. Our patrons get access to all kinds of fantastic perks, including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show. So please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash up for discussion. We also have merch, and you can hit the merch link in the description to get all sorts of great stuff from our lovely friends over at TeePublic. And of course, you can support us for free by leaving a rating or review on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing this episode with a friend. I'll reiterate that for every new rating or review we get during the month of February, I'm donating $2 to Raven Trust. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, come here. Come sit with Papa. colors. Colors, yeah. I'll reiterate that for every new rating and review we get during the month of February, I'm donating $2 to Raven Trust, so this month your ratings and reviews go a long way. Our theme music is by Zach Ingalls, and our cover art is by David Flam. You can, and frankly should, find links to support both of them in the description of this episode, because they are both great. Last but not least, the show is produced... What? You got some colors? Cool. Yeah. Last but not least, the show is produced and edited by me, Tom Zalatni, as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows. So many colors. You can find out. Okay. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at UpfordNetwork.com. Tune in next week when I talk to Kyle Harper from the Debate This podcast about Cincinnati chili. Dungeons, Dragons, Canada, the Multiverse Theory, Corgis, Queer Representation, Reconciliation, Angels, Demons, Squirrels, Moose, Moose and Squirrels, Sorcerers, Dinosaurs, Forests, Giants, Rogues, Warlocks, Plains, Sewers, Lavender, Natural Toonie, a Canadian Dungeons and Dragons podcast, right here on the Upford Network. Hi, I'm Howard Mitnick, host of Gateway Music. Join me as I talk with people about the artists and albums that changed their lives, and about the artists and albums that changed mine. Available on the Upford Network and wherever you get your podcasts.